Hey, Greg. Thanks again for your time. Okay. So um, I'm curious what, what you think of the break. I mean, I know there's nothing you can do about it, but with the team scuffling a little bit, was the break a good time maybe to let guys clear their head, or was it bad? Because I'm sure guys want to get back out there and, and end this streak and get back on, you know, on the front foot. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. It's I'll let you know after the next couple games whether we think it's good or bad. Uh, I mean, in some ways, <clears throat> you know, when we go through these periods, the games come thick and fast, and you don't get much time to work on the training field to try to work through some kinks. Uh, so in that way, it's sometimes nice to have a little bit of a break. It, this break ends up getting long, and the secondary part to that is we end up with a lot of guys away on national team duty. So, you know, we had... 11 guys, nine guys in training over the last couple of weeks. We got up to about 13 at one point, and today I think we had about 14 or 15. So uh, we'll get a few guys back tomorrow again. So <clears throat> it's uh, some of it's it's nice. I guess there's an initial part where you can clear your head, but then there's some time where you really want to work through some things, and and we're trying to take advantage of our time to do to do that the best we could with uh, with the group of guys that we had. So that was you know that's what we try to accomplish, and now. Uh, we have another set of games that are going to come quick. Um, we'll ultimately determine where we're, where we're at when it's all said and done. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hey, Greg. I hope Nikki. your two weeks went well. What did you use the, these past uh, 14 days to work on, and what, what did it look like in terms of your contact with the guys, how often you practiced, and uh, what, was, what was your main point of emphasis? Yeah, we... We gave them uh, a couple days off at the beginning and a couple days off uh, sort of after five days of training. Then they had a couple days, and then we would go through our normal four-day four preparation uh, for the match that's coming up uh, on the weekend. Uh, so well, we, did a, we emphasized, again, based off of who we had and, and the numbers, we emphasized just some flat-out, just some competition and some playing and, and trying to keep that level high. Um, we also worked on some stuff on the attacking side in front of the goal, just some of the final passing, some of the timing, some of our movement, uh, you know, getting runners to the right spots, trying to connect our runners and our and our crossers and, and our final passers uh, to try to improve upon that timing so we can uh, create better and more dangerous chances. Um, and of course, we spent, as always, a little bit of time on the defending side of things. And anytime you're doing attacking and you're working around the box, you're going to do that against defenders. So we. You know, we were working on some defending stuff there. What was tough to work on was anything that was really collective that involved 11 players or involved, uh, you know, larger number opposition just because we just didn't have the numbers. And it doesn't help us that the USL team is playing every two or three days, right now, every three days right now either. So it's not like we can bring those guys in. So we didn't get into a much of, of the larger number stuff. So we tried to break down scenarios in different areas of the field and tried to, to work through as much detail on that as we could. And that being said, I, I know you've talked in the past about um, you know rewatching games a couple of times. I, when you have two weeks, do you go deeper into the archives of, of recent game footage, whether it's throughout this winless streak, to try and identify trends or or patterns you want to correct, or do you kind of just keep focusing forward? No, I'll look through the entire season. I'll go back and look at. Uh you know, games from the past, for sure, games that we've played in the past against the opposition that's coming up. Uh, go look at other, the opposition and games that they've played recently or against opponents who I think are somewhat similar to to us and and uh, how those games went. 
But uh, I'll go back and look again at us through some of the successful period and see uh, some of the things that were maybe different or going on then, maybe some of the relationships on the field, some of the um, some of the different things that were, were happening in that time period and, and weigh those against a little bit of the stretch. So it's uh, just to see if there's any trends that you're missing over the course of the season or things that maybe uh, you lose track of over the course of a long season when games are bouncing around that, that um, you maybe forget about or, or you just need to, to recall again. All right, thanks. See you on Saturday. All right, thank you. We'll go with Damien. Mm -hmm. Damien, go ahead. Hey, Greg. Uh, hey, Damien. Get your thoughts on Portland since the last time you guys you guys played them. What have you seen um, seen from them uh, uh, over that stretch? Yeah, obviously they've they've gone on to a great run. Uh, you know, I think they've always been, and I've always said this about them from when we played them at the beginning of the year. They're a mature team. They don't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, they stay compact and together. Whether that's usually in a relatively deep block or or a mid low block that. Uh, where their lines are connected and there's not a lot of space between them and, and they protect their goal well. Uh, and they're, they're very good and dangerous on the counterattack. And, you know, in this stretch, I think they've been a little more opportunistic in terms of taking their chances when they've had them than they were in the earlier stretches of the season when they weren't as consistent or getting results. And they're a team that's really built that if they can get the lead, they're very, very difficult to play against. Um, if you can get the lead on them, I think they expose themselves a little bit more, which is not necessarily their comfort zone when they're chasing games uh, as we saw when we were here against them and we were able to get on, out in front of them and then we were able to open up some spaces and, and get multiple goals. So they're, they're a team that believe they know who they are. They're, you know, they're, they're compact, they're tight, and uh, they have some qualities for sure in, in the transition and in the final play where with a few chances they can put one or two in the back of the net and, and then they make the game really difficult on you from then on out. So um, they've obviously had a good run being able to, to do that through this, this time period. And what's the status of Derek and Jorge heading to um, into Prince of Sardis again? Yeah, Derek's back in the mix. He's trained this whole time period. Uh, Jorge's coming around. Uh, again, bone bruise. Uh, so we hope within the next week or so he can get back into the swing of things. But it's it's uh, he's kind of going through a process where hopefully we can we can heal him uh, as fast as we can. But he's he's getting there. It's just a timeline. It's not so much. Uh, you know anything more than that? So, but he's he's coming around. He's starting to do more things um, through the through the gym and and working his way out onto the field. We'll go with Josh Essman. Hey, Greg. Thanks for, for hey, answering Josh. questions as always. Mm -hmm. um, I know you touched a little bit on international players, but um, do you have guys you expect won't be back and ready for the game on Saturday? Are there quarantine rules that you're going to have to go through? Uh, O'Neill and Daniel or Danilo are the two that will have quarantine uh, constraints when they return. Everybody else is is back and will be into the uh, into the fold. Um, Seba and Jonah return back, and all, all of them return back today. It's just a matter of how quickly guys will be available, and those two will be available right away. And then I, I, there's probably this balance, and I, I don't really know how to ask this question perfectly, so I'll, so I'll try, is that you have some guys who go out there and, you know, I think Ryan played 180 minutes in two, day, in, in two games, and he made 18-hour flights and all sorts of fun stuff that comes back. Yeah. Then you have guys like Jonathan Dos Santos who went away to Mexico, didn't play. Um, is, there, is there a certain number of minutes that gives you more confidence than guys? Is there a performance that gives you confidence than guys? It's resting guys during this time and them not playing a good thing? 
Yeah, again, I don't, I don't know if there's a, an exact formula to all of that. I think, uh, you know, for Ryan, the good thing was he played the two games. His last game was Sunday, and our next game is Saturday. So he's, you know, his travel was broken up a little bit. He's now been here. He'll, he'll have recovered for sure from the last game, and now it's just a matter of whether, you know, how quickly he recovers from, uh, from the travel itself. He trained with us today. He, you know, he went through everything. So he. No, he looks good. He's he was happy that Madagascar got, or won a game, so they're they're uh, he's excited about that for sure. So it was good to have him back with Jonah, and Seba, and these guys. Just kind of just see where they at where they're at when they get back in. You know, I imagine both of them are chomping at the bit to to get back on the field and to play. Uh, and anyway, with that, the the guys that were here have all have obviously been working together and setting up towards a game plan and a strategy for this game. And then you throw guys into the mix in the last day, so. There's a lot of variables uh, in this. None of them are perfect. And usually the first game back is uh, from an international break like this is far from perfect. I think you have to, um, you got to get guys on the same page as quickly as possible and you got to execute as, as, as well as you can. So it's, it's, uh, it's one of those challenges. And I, to answer your question, I don't think there's a perfect formula of how many minutes or how much travel or when they get back that, that says whether guys are going to be um, sharp or at their best form when, when they return. Mm-hmm. Hello, Larry Morgan. Larry, go ahead. Hi, Greg. Thanks for speaking with us, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a two-part question uh, we, regarding your, your team. First of all, how surprised are you that the team has hit this dry spell that you're trying to to snap out of? And two, I guess we're going to have Sasha on the call. Talk about how important it is to, for him, for you to have a veteran like him exerting his influence on this team. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the dry spell, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm surprised just because we were in such a good rhythm and earlier in the season, especially in the scoring goals. We'd we'd always talked about during the season where we were giving up goals on, you know, in ways that um, we needed to clean up. But just in terms of the goal scoring side of things, we were always pretty dangerous throughout the course of the season. We were always creating chances and we we're always fairly efficient in turning our chances into goals. And so, uh, you know, a little a little bit. On that side of things, just um, that some of our timing, some of our our connections, some of the stuff in that attacking half between Javi going out and then coming back in after a long break and different things, um, you know, we got a little disjointed on the final actions and we haven't been as efficient in front of goal because we have had some really good chances that we've just not made, we've just not put into the back of the net. Um, that's That's led to us at times, you know, uh, not getting out in front of games and getting on top of games where we where we earlier in the season really opened up and got our, our wins is when we were able to get the first goal. Other teams had to stretch themselves out a little bit to chase the game. And then we really punished teams more in the transition and more. And when we created, we were able to create some more space for ourselves by being a, in a top, on top of the game. And we haven't been able to get that first goal and get out in front and, and force the opposition to chase us, which has meant that our finishing has to be even better. Our final actions even have to be sharper and tighter because the opposition is able to just keep numbers around their goal and in front of their goal more. So, um, so yeah, uh, obviously a little bit surprised that we've hit this stretch. Uh, I think it's put a good, uh, a good stress, not a good stress, no such thing, but it's put a stress on the group that it ha- it needs to go through to i think ultimately get to where we want to ultimately be and we have to play under pressure we have to play with expectation we have to play where games feel like you must win uh in order to then get into a playoff environment and be able to be successful it can't always be comfortable and it can't always be we can't always be in a comfortable spot so this is a real challenge for all of us and for the group that you know we're in this stretch now where 
um, you know, at least some of these games are must-win games, and and I think this is really going to put a, a stress and a challenge on this group to see kind of where we're at when it's all said and done. Um, aside from that, with, with as it relates to Sasha, you know, I've I've only I've known Sasha away f uh, as a as a I guess an opposing coach and an opposing player for for many years. My first opportunity to really work with Sasha, so I've known him by reputation more than on a personal level. Uh, and I, I have to say that he's he's an even better person to work with than what I've heard about him over the years as as you know on opposing teams. Uh, he's huge for us. He he understands how we want to play. He understands what I'm asking for guys and the positions. He understands how to organize people within the game, and he he, he really suits what we're trying to do. Um, and you know through his experiences, he he really fits into our our concept. Unfortunately, we're getting Sasha at the tail end of his career. I wish we had him at 28 because he would be a huge piece. But even even said his leadership, his ability to to coach between the lines, whether that's in training or on the uh, on game days when he's out there, his ability to help bring um, organization and and make sense of situations and help other players on the field has been extraordinary. And he's kind of at that point in his career too, where he's. He, you know, as players, we all go through a position where it's about us. And then you get to a point in your career where it's not always about you, and now it's about the team. And it's about something, whatever you have to do to contribute to the success of the team. And he's clearly in that space with his head that he knows that it's not always him on the field is what's going to be the best contribution to the team. And he's been the most unselfish guy uh, that I've been around in a while and trying to really help the team and give it whatever it needs in the moment to help the team be successful. And it's just been uh, a pleasure. I, you know, I, he comes in, he's working on some of his coaching courses too, and he takes the office next to mine and he'll go through his, some of his, uh, his, his classes or his coursework. And, you know, so sometimes I'll bring him in and we'll just talk about what we're trying to do from a coaching perspective as well. So that also helps him to translate when he's in the locker room or when he's on the field with the guys to be able to, to translate some of that energy into into that side of things, so I, I've I've really enjoyed working with Sasha. I, I don't think his career is done by any stretch, but I do think uh, he's obviously thinking a little bit about transitioning at some point into the next phase, which um, which I do believe, and he I think he would say the same. We'll be a coach one day, and I can see that for sure. You see him as a potential head coach? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, you know, if that's something he wants to do down the road, I think he has the right demeanor. I think he has the right mindset. I has, think he has a good mind for the game. Um, I think there's a lot of things that players who come out of playing and then go into coaching um, start to realize that exist in the coaching world that you don't think about when you're a player at the time and you go through those um, that process as well. But for sure, that for me, there's a handful of guys that I have come across in my career that I think would will be good coaches as they transition and, and go through that process and understand the challenges and all the work it takes to go through that process. He's one of them that, that I think appreciates all of that side of it. Thank you for your time. Yep, pleasure. Hey, thank you so much for your time. All right, thanks, everyone. Great. Um, is it helpful at this time? And, and you know, I know you guys are on, you hit a bad patch. So was it helpful just to get away from the games? Or do you want to get out there and end this streak? And, and, and the two weeks was not welcome. Um, I'd say a little bit on, of both sides. Um, I'd say first and foremost, I always just want to play games on the weekend. So having a weekend without a game, uh, it kind of sucks. But on the other side, I think we had a really good uh, two weeks of training. I think uh, training was really competitive. 
we had really small numbers, so we were able just to play a lot of small-sided games and, and just work on reactions and, and, and uh, just getting after it, really, and being more competitive, which is something that I think uh, we can always improve upon. Um, so that part's good. On the other hand, we're missing a lot of guys who are key players to our team who uh, some got back today, only a few will get back tomorrow, and then, and then we got to get ready for Saturday. So uh, I think that poses a bit of a challenge for the, the coaching staff trying to find the right lineup for the game this weekend and, and trying to get those guys who were away on international duty with a lot of games in a short period of time and a lot of travel to get them back and get them physically ready for the game this weekend. But yeah, good and bad. But overall, I think a really you know good last week and good this week training. Um, you got won seven of your first ten games, and then you hit this patch. Were you as good as you appeared to be early in the season, and are you as bad as you appear now? I mean, is this just sort of a cyclical thing? How would you uh, assess your team? I think that was a good way of describing it. I think in the beginning we, we won a lot of games, a lot of close games where, where I think we just battled things out. We weren't maybe playing our best, but we got some good results. And we also knew even in those moments that those results would go a long way towards the end of the season. And, and then now lately, I think we've actually played some very good games in our, in our last three games uh, and haven't gotten any results. So, you know, those things kind of balance out over the course of a season. Um, but overall, I'm not worried about our team. I know that's probably weird to hear, considering we haven't won a game, I think, in our last nine. But I'm not worried. I think that uh, we're going to start clicking here soon, and, and that will be fine as the playoffs approach. Hopefully, we can go on a run. Thanks for your time. How would Ted Lasso solve this problem? <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. We'll go with Nikki Chang next. Nikki, go ahead. Thanks, Sasha. Um, I'm sure over the course of nine winless games, the conversations can feel a little redundant. But you know, having this two weeks of breathing space, do do you guys talk about must-win scenarios? Or how do you kind of address that? Um, because it's one thing to talk about a sense of urgency, and it's another to play with it. Yeah, I think we've done our talking in the last. You know, not not during these last two weeks, but in the the weeks leading up to that, that those games were must win. And you know, unfortunately, we we weren't able to get the results. But you know, the couple of games that happened over the weekend, the results went in our favor. So that's always positive. And then now, once we get our entire team back tomorrow, I think we'll able, be able to have just a quick discussion about the importance of this these these next four games coming up that are all really tight, and then the last two. So we know that you know we are trending downwards in the standings and that we have to flip this thing. Well, like I said, I'm not worried about our team. I think we're going to be fine. And we just heard from Greg about your guys' kind of evolving relationship over the course of the season. And he says that he can see you in a coaching role someday in the future. I know that's obviously not the present, but what have you learned from yourself throughout the course of this season and your veteran capacity also? I know you're very active with your kids in the game as well. So have you kind of learned something about yourself and in, in um, your perspective and, and how you're approaching this? Um, you know, it's a good question. I don't know or maybe know how to explain, I guess, what I've learned over the course of this season, but more over the course of my career. Um, you know, I still only think of myself as a player, although I think I can see the game through, you know, Greg and the coaching staff's eyes. And so for me, it's just trying to find the right balance of, uh, you know, I want to start every game, but I, you know, I, I know I also have only started 12 games this season. 
and that can be frustrating at t different times. But for me, the, the, the most important thing, I think, is being a good teammate and being a good leader, and, and that's being there to support my teammates, uh, being the guy that is relied on that every training that I show up, I give 100% to be an example for all the other guys who, who may be going through a situation like mine. We have a lot of good players on our team, and I think we have a lot of guys that are vying for starting spots week in and week out, and we only have 11 guys who can start every game. So I know we have disappointed players sometimes, but I think they also have to realize, and I try to be that example, that when I come into the game for five minutes or when I come in the game for 10 minutes, I feel like I can really make a difference in the game and that I come in with a really positive attitude. So I think that that part for me, just that being my role this year, um, you know, trying not to be frustrated by lack of playing sometimes, you know, also just being able to talk to Greg about a lot of different things um, about the team, about players, and, and kind of just, you know, almost acting like an assistant coach in the locker room while also challenging myself to play and be as impactful as I can be on the field. Thanks, Sasha. See you on Saturday. We'll go with Damien Calhoun. Damien, go ahead. Hey, Sasha, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Um, just wanted to going through your career have you had a season that sort of um that sort of gone the way this one has when you guys started out like you say you started out strong and now you've hit this patch here um has there been a season like that in your career and how did you guys sort of get through that like uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the I'm trying to remember the correct year I think it was probably the 2013-14 season at Anderlecht and we had we had been good for the first half of the season, and then during the second half of the season, after the winter break, we were we had a really poor run of form away from home, and we did not win a lot of games away from home. And uh, in Belgium, there's a playoff system there where you play ten games at the end of the season. The, the top six make the playoffs, and you play everybody once home and away. And after our first game of the playoffs, we lost away to Standard Liège, and our coach was fired. So the assistant coach took over with nine games left. And on the cover of the newspaper that day after we lost, it said Anderlecht will not be champions this season. And I remember I took out the front page of the newspaper and I hung it up in my locker because I thought, I believe we still have a chance. And I hope that everybody else in the locker room sees this every day to know that we still have a chance. And in those last nine games, I think we won eight and drew one and ended up winning the title on the final day. So that was something where it was like, it would have been easy for everyone to buckle and it would have been easy for us to say, okay, this is like, you know, it's, it's over this season. Maybe we'll finish second, maybe we'll finish third and, and that'll be that. But I think I give a lot of credit to the coach for staying believing in the team and then for the players and believing in ourselves and keep pushing through. So I feel that right now. Like I said, I'm not worried about our team. I've been through this before and it takes a good run of form. It takes one big game. It takes one big play to change the outcome and change the feeling within the team. So that's where I feel like we could be at right now. Thank you. Will Josh Gessman. Josh, go ahead. Hey, Sasha. Thanks for, for taking the time. Um, I, you talked about away form, you know, with, with Anderlecht and, and sort of looking at that. I, I wonder about home form for the Galaxy. You guys haven't won a home game since early August, um, and you're going to get three chances of that in the next six games, obviously three away games as well. But um, there seems to be some quote-unquote winnable games in those next three at home for sure. How how important is home form to getting out of this, this funk you guys are in? Yeah, it's really important. Obviously, we'd love to win all these last six games and get ourselves a home game in the playoffs too because I just think that 
coming to play here is a difficult place to play. The field is big. Uh, the best Galaxy teams in the past were the teams that when they played here, I think every other team came into this stadium thinking in the back of their head, we probably aren't going to win today. And that was a goal we set ourselves at the beginning of the season, was being a team that when we played at home, that no one came in here and beat us. And when teams come and start to beat you at home, then other teams start to believe that they can. So we need to stomp that out like right away. We need these last three games to, you know, I'd love to get nine points from these last three home games of the season and really give us that momentum going into the playoffs that if we end up do having a game here, that we know we're going to win it.